Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Logistics Executive TV. And I've got a very special guest today who is uh, a global specialist. Um, I like to call him an activist uh, around the world of supply chain and logistics. He's a, uh, a board director, an executive advisor, senior operating partner, multipreneur, um, business angel. He's uh, been on over 30 boards, currently on several. Um, 30 countries he's operated in. I've seen him in many conferences around the world. He's written over 100 articles um, and uh, written, authored over 10 books uh, over, over a period of time. So uh, it is my great pleasure to introduce uh, Wolfgang Lehmacher. Uh Wolfgang, thanks for joining us. Tim, thanks for having me. And it's, it's a great pleasure to see you again. I think the last time I saw you in the flesh might have been at an IATA conference in Singapore some years ago. Yeah. Good job. So, uh, Wolfgang, you, you're a, a well-known uh, commentator and, uh, and doer in the world of uh, supply chain around the world. You've worked also, um, uh, apart from running your own conferencing organisation, your own uh, consulting firm, You've uh, worked with the UN. You have consulted some of the largest supply chain companies around the world. Um, today, and, and you've got a, a bit of a bent about you around technology, and I, and I know you've been talking and, uh, and presenting a lot about technology lately. So I wanted to really just open up today uh, on a few of the subjects that I wanted to discuss, primarily just about the starting of technology, about what you're seeing as the major trends and the major impact of technology at the moment? I would like to start with a, with a more general picture because we are uh, currently navigating through a, a, bumpy, a bumpy time. So people wonder uh, where does technology go in 2023? And uh, I, I see that technology is still one of the key topics uh, with digitalization uh, being probably at the center as it combines and connects everything. And uh, what, where I see the, the major traction is in uh, Internet of Things devices, in robotics, uh, but also artificial intelligence is, is ca catching up. So that's, that's a broader a broader view on, on it. And uh, even if we don't see what technology is, is doing on the surface, but in the back offices and behind the scenes, uh, a lot is going on. Yeah. Now you, we, we talked the other day about, um, uh, as a bit of a prep for today, about the issue of how a lot of organisations are sort of lagging, lagging behind um, in terms of re reacting in time to be able to make an impact with technology. What are your thoughts on that? I think there's still a big opportunity in front of us. Um, a, in particular, the larger companies have now embraced technology, and that's also thanks to, to the COVID challenges we were facing. So automation became a, a much bigger topic. Uh, the whole work from home, the whole digitalization of the workforce has become uh, a big mainstream development. 
so, so I see on the on the large company side uh, the the lag reducing, uh, but it will not go away because people need to have confidence before they invest in technology. And uh, there, people like you and me have a role to play. Um, on the other hand, when we see uh, small and mid-sized enterprises, there the picture is a bit diff different because they don't have the experts, they don't have the talent, they don't have the funds to, to go into technology big time. But the, the responsibility for me lies with the larger companies to pull their ecosystem partners into the play and help them to catch up and assist them to implement the technology. And this in their own interest, because it is the whole which makes the impact. It's not individual silo solutions that make the change. Cool. Okay. Well, appreciate that, uh, that insight. Um, one of the other big areas for you, and the, you know, I know you've been writing a lot about and presenting uh, a lot. Uh, you are in uh, Asia last week. I think you're in Europe today in Paris, if I'm not wrong, um, is, is the area of sustainability and not just as a, an organization's subject matter to, to feel good about sustainability but and to, and to be, if you like, playing the game, um, but really impactful um, sustainability inside organizations and, and commercially beneficial. As a, as a mainstream now part of organizations um, moving forward to be able to improve their performance um, overall. So talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing in the area of sustainability and the, the main trends from your perspective that need to have attention paid to them. It's an important question to me, Kim, and thanks, thanks for this one. Because uh, what I see is that despite the economic slowdown, despite the challenges we are facing or, or have been facing almost over the last 15 years, sustainability and uh, environmental friendly practices, but also the social side, all that is moving ahead. And uh, although people may think that the, the geopolitical landscape, the economic circumstances have slowed down the developments. I, I see the opposite. I see that because of the, let's call it inertia or partially resistance to get on the train over uh, a decade, uh, we have now that, that catch up movement, which I, I see. And the regulator, the governments play a very big role here. There is, of course, a change of administration in the U.S., and uh, I don't need to talk about it. There is a push for more sustainable behaviors, practices, business, uh, and even a more sustainable society. The EU has, despite COVID, despite that there is a war uh, at uh, uh, not at the center, but in Europe now, is pushing uh, the uh, sustainability agenda, whether it is uh, decarbonization or circular economy. So that's, that's for me, um, a, um, a very positive development. There will be a change of leadership on the, at the EU helm. So we will need to see how that will play out. But at the moment, 
there are these, these major steps made uh, concerning ETS, etc. So if you look at the different areas, um, it is in all in all areas, in all modes where where the uh, the change can be seen. Nobody needs to talk about electric vehicles, right? And biofuels, and and what is happening on the road. Even e-highways are are emerging. But also on the uh, aviation side, we see the sustainable aviation fuel now ramping up. So that's a that's a, a development which uh, which I'm very pleased uh, to see. And last year, I have been uh, involved in a larger project about shipping decarbonization, which yeah. is probably one of the hardest. And uh, what what happened when when we started? There was not that much uh, uh, noise around decarbonizing shipping, right? We just uh, came out of, of very different developments. Uh, but uh, now, uh, almost every week, you see a new paper, new articles, new initiatives, right? At the end, I still don't want to hide that we have also that challenge of um, greenwashing, um, which uh, needs to be addressed. But I think that will naturally disappear. Yeah, it's interesting. You talk about the ocean carriers in particular, um, of course, uh, globally in the maritime sector, um, the move towards decarbonisation and um, scrubbers being needed to be fitted to ships for, for cleaning um, the fuel. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, that's meant a lot of ships have been retired because the cost of doing that has been such that uh, a lot of ships, it's just not worth uh, getting them up to that standard, yeah? Yeah, I, I remember um, a talk I have given a few years ago, and uh, I made that point on sustainability, and I said we have to do something in the maritime uh, sector. And uh, that comment at the time was not that much appreciated to be. So it was all your fault. <laughs> because there was that opinion that the ocean freight was one of the cleanest freights, right? That was the belief. And there is some truth in that. But if we take the Paris Agreement and what resulted then uh, from that on the IMO level, this required uh, requires action. And this action has, has, let's say, not taken place for quite a while. It was Maersk with the e-methanol ships, the, the 13 ships that uh, kicked off, in fact, the development. And last year, then CMA CGM, uh, a company that had invested heavily in LNG, and is probably continued to do it, uh, suddenly followed. And we see now a, a movement. So you mentioned the, the retirement of ships. We still have the issues that we are building ships which cannot be retrofitted. And I, I think that is uh, a discussion to be held. Are we courageous enough to only allow shipbuilding or the the production of ships that can be retrofitted because we know that there's still uh, 20, 25 years and some even much longer on the waters. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you have you're well known for being a uh, protagonist in this whole area, and uh, I know you, you talk about what's good for business has got to be good for the planet as well. That's been a long-held uh, cultural view from yourself. Um, I wanted to broaden out before we wrap up now just about wider economic issues. Um, you're a big commentator on on the more macro issues around. Um, a lot has been said and written about about the cycle we're now moving into in 2023. We uh, everybody's very well aware of the of the of the high times of uh, the last couple of years for the um, air carriers, the ocean carriers, logistics and supply chain in general, retailers, um, and of course now we're coming into a new cycle. Um, what are, what are your views on? Where things are actually going. I mean, is is this a macro thing we're moving into? There's talk about recessionary factors here for some areas and geographies and and types of organisations. Um, what's what's your thinking here? Yeah, first I repeat what I have said uh, during all all the crises and slowdowns and recessions. I have I have lived through is that. Uh, such a thing is not the same for everyone. So there were always players who fared very well in those difficult times. And this is always an opportunity to make a leap and change the dynamics on the market. So uh, these are times of consolidation, repositioning, even cutting cutting things which are useless, not needing a moment of reflection. So that's my big message is, uh, yes, there are companies that suffer and they can do a lot about this, but um, most of the businesses uh, can leverage that situation and they should. So uh, just a call to action at the boardroom to look really into the opportunities. So where where do I see the the world standing? Yes, we have these bumps, but we are also, and that relates to what we discussed before, at the beginning of very new eras, we speak about the digital age. So now is not the moment to cut on technology, to cut on investments in technology. It's the moment to accelerate it, to be even more, more aware of the technologies that can give me short-term returns, the low-hanging fruit. I, I believe there is a lot out um, where, where you can uh, use technology to, to solve challenges we are, we are having. And I don't want to talk too much about that. There, there are other people <laughs> writing a lot about it. Uh, but I would like to stress the, the point uh, close to my heart that we are also at the beginning of an area of an era of sustainability and a new thinking, new paradigms. And this comes also with technology. So we cannot uh, reach uh, the goals of Paris or IMO or other or ICAO, other organizations, if we don't use technology. And every technological revolution has brought to us an economic uptrend. Uh, massive growth. So although we may face uh, difficulties, and I'm always calling for, let's say, um, get to more alignment on the global global stage, because 
uh, we see that uh, protectionism and, and we first will not drive economic wealth, but will drive inflation. So also that point to be made. But I think that in the mid run, we will see significant growth coming out of the, of the green revolution. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, Wolfgang, sage words from somebody who certainly uh, gets right across the supply chain and, and all over the world. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, your insights are, are invaluable and uh, just want to share with people where they could get hold of you. What's the, uh, what's the best way for people to contact you if they wanted to have a chat? Yeah, well, I, my contact details are on LinkedIn. So my uh, uh, email address is w.lemmerfeldgmail.com and you can easily find me on WhatsApp and all the digital channels because that's the, that's the place I live. I call myself also a cyber nomad. Yeah, and you're very visible there. And Wolfgang Lehmacher, um, thanks again for joining us. Uh, fantastic to, to hear your insights. Board member, executive advisor, business angel. Um, look forward to catching up with you somewhere around the world in person again. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming along today and joining the show. Um, and thank you, everybody, for joining us on Logistics Executive TV. Thanks, Wolfgang. Okay.